You are listening to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast with host Kevin Jefferson. This is the number one podcast for African-American real estate professionals who are doing extraordinary things. It's time to tune in. And now, your host, the people's lender, Kevin Jefferson. Jefferson. Welcome to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. And today, our guest is Miss Nikki Crowder. How are you, Nikki? Good. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing doing well, doing well. Looking forward to this interview. Um, So, Nikki, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are. Great. I am the owner, CEO, and broker of record for Solutions First Realty. I am a boutique firm, what they call some of the smaller brokerages, serving the Atlanta market. We serve the outside, you know, cities too. So the entire metro, you know, market, Northeast Atlanta, we service. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So how did you get into real estate? Oh, you know what? I started actually as an investor. I um, had bought a couple of houses years, 20 plus years ago. I think one house, and I was very intrigued by the Section 8 program. I think that program is still around, but it was a government program. Um, and, and I remember watching a video years ago. I don't know if you guys remember this, but this guy name was called Carlton Sheets. And he had an infomercial that played, you know, like at two o'clock in the morning. And it said, you know, become real estate rich and own and be a millionaire. And I don't know how I got suckered into this infomercial, but I did. And I bought the, it was back then it was on cassettes. And they had DVD players and I bought it and he was showing you basically how to buy a house with no money down and bad credit. So I was like, can you really do that? And it worked. I did it. So I followed his system and that's what started. And then um, it kind of came to me at some point, well, you know what, if you sell the houses, you can get the commission that you make off the houses to put into to use towards your rehab. Um, and it kind of it just it went on from there. So, and then I met an agent that looked like me, that was, uh, he's passed now, um, Michael Grill, the big agent in the DeKalb County area. Um, and he was, you know, such a put together guy. And he, you know, I was like, this guy looked like me, he had his stuff together. He dominated the listing side of real estate. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. And and that kind of gave me my little push. That's awesome. Yeah. Good old Carlton Sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> So what year was this when you got your license? That was 99, 2000 in okay. that era. Yep. And that was back then, you know, they were giving houses away. Like you didn't have to do much to get a house, right? That was back when they were putting $500 down. Um, everybody qualified. Um, they didn't have the stuff they have now versus back then was totally different. Totally, totally different. Yep. So 2000. Mm-hmm. Um how did who did you how did you pick your brokerage? Were you with a large no. brokerage, boutique brokerage? Like explain that process. <laughs> that you know what that that's that's a funny story, and that led me into opening Solutions First Realty. Honestly, you know, I was a single parent at the time. My daughter that works with me that run run my office, um, she's now 30 years old. Um, that used to be in the back seat in the car with me when I was showing houses that you know was with me during my early, early days of real estate, trying to learn the business. Um, when I came out of real estate school, it was either make it or not make it for me. So, you know, in real estate, now that I'm a broker and I have agents and people come to me advice and people actually listen and pay to hear my story, it's, it's funny because for a long time, I was like, you know, I really don't have a story to tell. And I started thinking, wait, I've been in this game a long time. I've been through a lot. People, you know, I could charge people for this data, you know? So that came into the millennium side of things. You know, we usually give ourselves away for free. So, Having to learn that. And then when I came out of real estate school, like I said, as a single mom, I needed my whole check. 
I needed all my commission. If it was $5,000, I needed at least $4,500 of it. Now I'll give you a little bit because, you know, as a broker, when you're with the brokers, that's the Georgia Real Estate Commission law that a broker has to hold an agent license, right? So that's what we do. We hold your license and we kind of know what deals you close and we make sure you stay in compliance. We support training and all that. But I could not go with the big boys. I could not go with Remax, In-Town, Buckhead, Keller, Duke Duke on the Hill. Those people wanted a big part of your check. They want a big part of your check. And at the time in my career and where I was in my life, I could not do it. Honestly, I did not look into the brokerage as far as what training they offered, they office because I really did not care. And, th- and that was the truth. That was my truth back then. I didn't care. I know I need to hustle. Um, I was hustling before, so I knew the hustle side of real estate was going to be easy for me. We all know hustle is something you can't train to teach, right? You either have it or you don't, right? So if I'm hustling and I'm doing my, you know, I needed all my checks. So for me, even though I'm sharing that story today, that is still something I tell every agent that walk in this door or call me about my brokerage. That is not something I would suggest that you do, you know, that's, but that was my story. And that's, and that's why I chose Paul Rice Realty 20 plus years ago. He was a flat fee brokerage. He charged a couple of hundred dollars per deal. You didn't ask too many questions, you know, but when you did something wrong, he was all on you. So that's how I learned. Wow. So I know you for um, your listings, mm-hmm. right? Your ability to list a lot of properties and, I want to touch on that because I think that that is a topic that new agents and experienced agents need to hear about, but I don't think it's being taught by anybody. So that's why the listings are dominated by who it's dominated by. Right. All right. Um, so how did you get to being such a great listing agent? Mm-hmm. You know, I learned early, early on. Now, even though my, my you know what, I'm going to say my knowledge because, you know, I was going to say something about we being recorded, but. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna clean it up a little bit. I'm still gonna say it, but I'm gonna clean it up. And I'm gonna say my training for me came from my actual doing. So I wrote a contract that was all wrong, and somebody had to come to me and say, "This look a hot mess. Fix that." So then I learned from that, right? right. So I knew being a buyer's agent, and you know I was much younger then. We, that was twenty some years ago. You know I was running. You know I had my daughter. We can run all day, all night. You know. Um, but I noticed too, when I mentioned the, the guy, the Michael Rip guy, I noticed this guy had to sign to everybody yard. Everybody yard. Now I'm spending all my Saturdays, all my Sundays out with a buyer showing them houses every single weekend, right? So all of a sudden that whole work smarter, not hard, harder thing kind of came into play. And then I noticed too, a lot of people that were listing property was more seasoned people. So I was like, they got to know something that I obviously don't know. Now, had I chose my brokerage different, right? I probably would have got that training <laughs> on what to go after. But remember, I didn't get that. So I'm going to have to get it from my peers or I'm going to have to Google it or YouTube it, right? So I did a lot of Googling back then. I think it was YouTube, I don't even know. But I did a lot of Googling. I was in a lot of groups. Active Rain was big back then. So that was a group I was in. And there was a lot of old heads saying what they were doing. And I just did what they did. The wheel is already created. We're just all tweaking it to our own little style. And we're getting on and we're doing our thing. None of us are recreating the wheel. Real estate has been the same as far as the listing and selling. Everybody just doing it their way now. That's it. The, the game hasn't changed. You know, so once I saw that and I saw that if I dominated the market with listings, 
I won't have to spend my entire weekend with bi- multiple buyers, five buyers in one day. Well, I'm having to say, look, <laughs> showed you six houses. I got some Tyrone behind you. Um, you married that only six because I got married behind Tyrone and show him five. You gonna marry that? You see what I'm saying? Like, that's not really like a quality, but you know, that was a different real estate back then. You know, right. we had abundance of houses, nothing like it is now. You can find that five houses, you can pick one, four houses, you can pick one. It was done. So totally different. So for me, it made sense for me to tap into that listing side. And then I get got into that listing side, that was a whole nother beast because working with a buyer and a seller is completely different. It's different, totally different. It's much easier to me. Obviously, now most agents will probably say, yeah, because you're the one with the sign in y'all. People calling you, right? You at home lifetime in it. Your phone blowing up with people saying, can I schedule an appointment? Can I see your listing? Can I see your listing? Did you get my offer? Come on, you can't beat that. Right. So in terms of getting the listings, Mm -hmm. if I was a new agent and Mm -hmm. I wanted to start out getting listings, what are one of the first things that I should be doing to get a listing? Well, as a new agent coming out of school, and especially if you have no sales experience, and I tell all my mentees this and my agents, even my seasoned agents, you got to get ran over and stomped. You got to get your feeling hurt. You got to shed a couple of tears. You got to get on that phone. You got to be told no a lot of times. Okay. You're going to have to be told no so many times where it's just going to be like a song in your head, basically. No, I'm not ready right now. You're going to have to have your rebuttals together. Just like I tell people at the elevator speech, you you know, you got to build some tough skin quick. Because you know a lot of people get into this game and they have a whole false persona on what they think real estate is. And it's really not that. So a new agent coming out, because I have some new agents here that came out of school and how they knew this, maybe YouTube, Google, I don't know. You know, they, I don't want to work with no buyers. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going strictly out the, they come out the gate. I, I want to do listings. I'm not tying up my Saturday. I'm not, I'm, I'm, just, I'm going out the listings. So I do old school, new school. You have other brokers, only new school. Oh, I think you need to have both, you know, as an agent coming in, you need to know both ways because Everybody don't have an Instagram account. Everybody don't do Facebook. So you still got those people that want to touch something. You got people that don't believe in the internet. You know what I'm saying? You got the older people that just got an iPhone to see their grandkids' pictures. So you're missing that tap market. You're missing this. You see? So you kind of need to tap into, into all of it, right? Um, but you gotta get you gotta you gotta get ran over first. You gotta hear a bunch of no's. And and that goes back to when you get into real estate. If you jumping into this industry with no money, like me, right? No money. I need. I, I needed that deal like yesterday, right? Um, so now you stress. You need the money. You don't have time to get into like learning and really figuring out how this business works because you strictly into survival hustle mode. Like I, I can't hear about what I need to do over here. I need to hear about it. You gonna get this house? We gonna write this contract? Close this deal. So when that mindset is like that, it's totally different. Totally different. How the you know, what you can really digest in and how you really figure out how this thing works. So that's to a new agent. That's what I suggest. Don't be broke. Keep your full time job. Please have your stash to the side, a stash stash to the side, you know, and, and get ready to jump out there with your with your knee pads, your tissue. Get on that phone. You know, I still believe in, you know, some people do well with calling people. Some people you got people out knocking on doors. You know, people working their spirit influence, they social media. There's so many things, but the big thing is, is you have to do it and you have to network. I am a big networker. I think networking works a lot. And I'm not saying networking in the groups where they have margaritas and tequila with a whole bunch of other agents, because the other agent, she's trying to do the same thing. I mean, that may not be the pool you need to be in, 
So you're going to go somewhere else where it's not saturated with agents. So you can try to meet somebody that possibly will feed you. you know? Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So in terms of what I hear you say is fail fast. Yeah. By failing fast, you begin to learn what you don't know. Right. Um, so what happens like at what point? Mm-hmm. So you say fail fast, get a lot of no's. Who should I start calling? Like, that's the thing. Like what you, mm-hmm. a lot of bro. So a lot of brokerages mm-hmm. um, pay higher splits now. So the higher the split, the less conversation you're having with your broker because he or she or they don't make a lot off of you. Right. So where, who do I call? Like, so, who do I call for listening? Okay. So new, you just got licensed yesterday. I suggest what would be easier for you because most people are scared would be people that know you. Okay. So that would be, you know, your sphere of influence. But what if you somebody like me with well, your sphere of influence, they, they don't have houses. They credit bad. I can't get them to pay their light bill on time. Let alone, you know what I'm saying? You're talking about buying a house, a whole other realm. What right. if your sphere is like that? You know? Right. But everybody's sphere is not like that. So for the people that fell into my category that had a sphere like that, now you got to talk to who? Strangers. People who don't know you. So I don't know if you've ever been approached by the people. I know any lady that's listening to this is going to listen to this this this, uh, this, 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 this interview. They have all been in Marshalls, Target, or somewhere where a Mary Kay person approached them. You know what their approach is? They say, your makeup is so pretty. Or your hair is so nice. What do you make up? They start, they come say, well, they gave you a compliment, right? This is a stranger. Now you already know this is a Mary Kay person, off the real. That's their approach. Now, how Mary trained them over there? But they are going up to strangers. They're giving a compliment. And you know what come after that? It's the card. Doom, doom, doom. Oh, I'm a Mary Kay consultant. We do free, you know, facials and groups with ladies, da 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 So that's a stranger interaction with somebody while you're at Marshall's or Home Goods. You see? So now you 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 trying to get business from a stranger is totally different when you're trying to get your auntie to list their house. Your auntie know you, she trusts you, and that's easier. I always tell my agents, or some of my agents call me, oh, my cousin won't live in house. I'm so nervous. I'm like, girl, that's the, that's the easiest lead. That's your cousin. She's going to believe anything you tell her. You tell her house worth 800. She's going to believe and she's going to let you list it because that's blood. You go tell Mark over here that don't know you from Adam's Apple. Go, t- go persuade him to let you list his house. That's a different story. Because you know what? Mark has called five other agents out there. and He interviewing all five of them. Now, who really going to come with the A-game? Now, I want to mention, too, that you said about flat. Well, you know, a lot of us brokers, all our commission spits are different. Even in some of the bigger houses, which is very shocking to me, you have a lot of agents out here that say, you know, well, I didn't ask my broker. That is the role of a broker. Your broker is there to assist. They're not there to breastfeed you, okay? Some people get that, you know, kind of confused. They're not going to put you on their armpit and hold you like a newborn, but they are to assist you and train you and give you the proper tools so you can survive out here in the game. That is their role. That's when you sit down and talk to brokers and agree on splits and this and that. It's a give and take. I give you this, you give me this back in exchange. That's how it works. So yes, the splits are getting lower. My shop the splits are lower. It's, it's, it's set up where everybody can eat. But my agents call all the time. As a broker, you can't just not say, well, you know, I, you know, I ain't gonna be able to help you. But there are also a lot of tools out here too that you don't even have to pay for to gain your knowledge. It's a million mentors and coaches and everybody and mama selling the course. Now I don't suggest you go broke by the courses, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it may be cheaper for you to pay $10 for a YouTube subscription and go listen to some YouTube or some awesome air. You know what we're doing right now, you can listen to some pods. That's free. You see? So it's it's 
it's a lot, but a lot of people don't want to get into that room and do all that. They want a lot of people want the deals handed to them from their families. But when you don't have that and you got to go out and do what the Mary Kay people do, that's a totally different story. When you have to go out and door knock, what if you work in expired listings? I, you know, I think expired listings is, is a good deal to me. That's the seller that has listed their house for whatever reason it expired, meaning they did not renew that listing with their agent. Maybe they fell out. Maybe it's an unrealistic seller. We don't know, but it don't matter. We're just going to ease on in there and see what's going on to see if there's an opportunity for us. Only thing the seller can say is what? No. no. <laughs> move on to the next one. There's another expired listing after that one. <laughs> you just move on to the next one. That's it. What about approaching uh, for sale by owners? You know what? I did really good with that back in the day. The only And this was my approach with FISBO. Even my agents now when I talk about FISBO, they're like, oh, you know, people still do that. You always got, you you know how I go. You got the DIY, you know, do it yourself, you know. And then let's go on and put this out here. Real estate ain't the most respected industry in the world. So you, some people either love agents or hate agents. They, you know, they feel like, you know, what they really do. You got all Zillow saying they can help you open the door. You got so many other companies kind of making it really hard for realtors, you know. Um, so you either got to become competitive in the market. If you're going to stay in this game, right, you either got to, you know, tweak yourself a little bit, become competitive, or get in wherever you can fit in. So with Fizzbos, for an example, they like, hey, I can take pictures. I can go down to the Home Depot and buy a lot box. I can get that for sale sign too. There's around the corner at the Home Depot, $10. Put in a yard. I can go to Zillow, put my house listed for free, right? Go to other places and list it for free. Get the internet exposure, whole deal. So now as an agent, what are you bringing to that seller that already feel like they can do this themselves? What, what, what are you calling them to say, I can list your house? Well, so is the neighbor, their cousin, and everybody their mama. You got to call with something a little different. You know what the Fizzbow, what they don't know, what they need help with is one of two things. They're not getting the marketing exposure, right? Either they don't want to deal with all the people coming in and out with the showings, right? That drives people crazy. They, 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 they can do it until the people want to come every hour and they're like, this, this is working my nerve, right? And they don't understand the contracts. They do not understand them contracts. They are oblivious. So to me, the Fizzbowls, when I reach out to a Fizzbowl, which I just did a train on that, for me, first thing I, if I'm a call, or if I, especially if I see one in my own community, what? I'm feeling like, wait, that's in my yard. Now you're in my swimming pool. I'm knocking on the door. Like, there's a reason to use an agent. Now, some of them are going to tell you, know, Nick, you know my sister agent, but I told them I'm going to see if I do it myself, saving some corn. I'm going to listen to my sister, though. You see? Here's the cake with that. Even if Mr. Bob will listen to his sister. And here's the thing about real estate people forget. Real estate is a relationship building business. People forget the whole purpose of this thing. Everybody like, you want to buy? You want to sell? You want to buy? You want to sell? That's not the key. You got to get people to trust you and like you for them to do business with you. So now Bob just told me his sister, he's going to use his sister. He's going to get booted out of the family if he don't. I respect that he's going to use his sister. But if I win him over, you know what Bob will do? He will refer me to his coworker, his church friend, just because he's going to list with his sister, that don't mean every referral he get is going to go to his sister. <laughs> you see? Makes so, sense. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, well, listen, you know, you got to keep it in the fam. I understand. But if you have any questions about the contract or if it get complicated or something you don't understand, call me. You know, I'm around the corner. You got my number. Take to call me. And they always do. They always do. Wow. So this is bringing that value proposition. You got to be a solution to the problem. You can't. You, you got you to gotta be a solution. And then, you know, you sometimes you got to get a little free. You throw a little freebie out there. You know, agents don't do that no more. Back in the day, we used to say, you know, I throw you a freebie. To us, that means I'm going to show you a house one time without being approved. 
You show me the money, we crank up the car. No money, we don't crank, right? So that's the rule in real estate. You know, back then, we would, you know, may show somebody a house around the corner or something. You know, if you didn't have approval or something like that, but that's one. After then, you want to show them, show, you want to show some papers that right. you got something. You see? So, but you have agents now that, you know, everybody got their, you know, got their rules and things and how much it'll take to turn your car over and, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's kind of like, you know, what worked for you. One of the largest deals I sold in my career was a guy that called the office one day, right around the corner. He bought the house next to the mayor house. And he said, hey, saw you on Zillow. There's a house on the corner I want to see. I was been feeling good that day, too. And I was actually going to Chipotle to get me some lunch. It was right on the corner in Snailville. It was passing the house. So I said, well, I'm going to go get me some food. I stopped by. I'm passing right by. So when I asked him about, you know, his finances, he got offended. You know, people do it sometimes. You know, he was like, that's that, that's not a problem. You know, the money's not a problem. I was like, yeah, that's what everybody say. Right? I'm saying to myself. So I get in my car, crank up, ride over there and meet him. That dude bought that house, the one across the street, <laughs> the one up the street. He's buying all the houses. Wow. So see, that was convenient. Now, I had to drive an hour. I was passing it going to Chipotle. Why not show it? You know, we became good friends. I sold a house. And see, so sometimes you have to use... You know, you kind of got to read and kind of, you know, it's okay. Like, it, you know, it's okay if you show somebody something and you ain't go all out your way. You just never know what they may turn into either. So that's not something I suggest you do all the time. But in certain cases, like the one I just described, that, that was a situation that worked out in my favor. So, you know. So with that being said, if the mindset... Uh, the expectations of agents mm-hmm. of what an agent should do has changed in the market. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel? And I know you don't know all agents. How do you feel the industry will be affected when we're not in a market that is so hot? Because there's a lot less people being trained. Like right. you can breathe and sell a house right now. Right. And me and you both know it's not going to stay that way. We've been right. in the game long enough to know this thing go. What goes up, come down, what go, I mean, come on. I mean, we both survived the crash. I remember that like it was yesterday. And I was like, I ain't gonna ever be set up. That would never happen to me again. Like closing all them deals like then, they were giving houses away. All of a sudden they were like, Yeah, we ain't gonna be the close. Like, wait, what? Then here's another call, we ain't gonna be the close. Like, wait, I'm I'm down to four deals, four deals. I don't know who, like what? And you know what? This is a book I always tell people to read and then read and it helped me, especially with my new age. And here's the deal with new agents now coming into the game. They just think it's, it's, it's roses and cotton candy falling from the sky. This, I didn't have to go to college. I just got this license. Took me less than a month. I'm about to make these six figures. I'm about to be on the ground and I'm about to get on TV or something. Whatever they thinking, right? So, and the reality is, this thing changes all the time. So when the market shifts, you have to shift. You remember that book, Who Moved the Cheese? Right? So the cheese moved. Guess what? Nikki did not know the cheese had even moved. I had no clue. The cheese on went way over here. I'm still running my bike over here. You see what I'm saying? So I missed the entire everything. And because I wasn't following along with the market, and that's one, another thing about real estate that we don't do. We our market is 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 really designed and it moves by what's happening in the in 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 politics in the world. So if you're not kind of keeping up, you know, I ain't saying you need to become a political analyst, you know what I'm saying? But you need to know what's going on out here in the politics on the side, like what's happening in the market, the rates, get with your good loan officers. They keep you in the loop. 
You got to know what's going on so you can position yourself as an agent. You see, even as a loan officer, so you got to know. So when stuff starts moving, you, you need to know how you need to move. So then you can keep your clients informed and then you know what you need to do. So let's just say the rental market boomed up right now where the rental market is boom. Unfortunately, we don't have any rental. So maybe the rental market needs to jump. I remember when I jumped in on the short sale side. You remember? Short, everybody was short selling. I was like, now, what in the, that is short. They ain't doing short thing. Then everybody started selling the course. CDPE short sale. By then, I had already taught myself on how to do a short sale. I was like, but I need to get the acronyms. I get it. You see what I'm saying? So, whenever stuff starts shifting, you need to be ahead of that. Like a lot of times, the real estate when it shifts, you'll miss it. Like it'll miss. Like right now, the, the word on the street right now, they're saying they've been they've been talking about this for years. They've been talking about shadow inventory, right? We don't like we don't know where the shadow is. There shadow inventory? Like we don't know, right? So we got shallow inventory. That's a buzzword that's thrown around a lot, right? Then you have um, the market going to crash from all the people that did the um, the forbearance with the COVID. So you have people that's waiting. Like, as soon as that happened, all oh, these problems going to hit the market and have all these foreclosures. Well, as an agent, if that was true, wouldn't you probably go get a little knowledge on foreclosures? Because that may happen. We don't know, right? All this is a forecast. We don't know. So maybe you should try to learn maybe a little bit since things are slow or not moving as quick. That's the time you go up on your education. That's the time you need to go take you some classes on this thing, do shift. You can go on and make the move where, hey, I'm already prepared. And for the agents that's stuck in their ways, that they like, this is what I do. Client call me, they're approved. We go look, we close, we buy. The ones that do it that way and don't ever go outside and that's the way they do it. We got the ones that set in their ways. I'm not going to be that agent like that or that broker like that. I move wherever the industry goes. If the industry is swinging me this way, hey, we got to swing this way. It's going to swing me back. Hey, we got to swing this way. Hey, everybody doing short sale. Hey, everybody selling foreclosures. You got to be knowledge across the board. You know, you can always have your niche. I always say get rich in your niche. Whatever your niche is, whatever you like, your baby, your thing. I like working with distress sales. I do. There's no emotional involvement with that. They come from bank. It's just asset 2884. Sell it. Dispose of it. That's it. Now, Mr. Jones, there's emotional attachment. He painted that wall. He planted that tree. He laid that driveway. He's, he's attached to that house. So you got to approach that thing totally different. So master your niche, but you still got to be able to survive across the board. You need to know how to do a little bit of everything, really. So that's something that's in real estate that uh, a lot of people struggle with. People get, mm, that's the way I learn. Mm, that's the way I do it. And that's it. That makes a lot of sense um, because, you know, you're right. The market is is ever changing um, and you have to be able to to make those adjustments. And you said something that was key. Um, you didn't see that there was a shift. I did. It had already shifted. Yep. Um, so that's and that's kind of where we have to be students of our craft as well yep. to pay attention if we're truly going to be uh, real estate professionals for a long right. term. Right. Long term. You know that too. I want to say, you know, even though I say about real estate not being a very, you know, may not be a respect, you got to respect your own business. I even before I became a broker and and had sixty plus agents. I ran my business as a business. Like this was a business. This this is not run through. This is what I do. You know, I got eighty nine hustles. This is my business, and I run it like a business. You know, I work my hours. I have a family. I have to maintain. You know, you have a work life balance. You know, I'm older now, so now I really see how important. In my younger days, there's more work, no balance, and work. Right. So now having a work-life balance and now teaching other agents coming in so they won't do what I did back then. 
You have to have a work life. There's nothing I could do for you at nine o'clock at night about a house. What are we talking about? You want to talk about clearing conditions and what, what you asking me what the attorney address is? Or you know, you know, it's being a signature bar and the people in the email at the bottom that has the address with attorneys like that. Like, just nothing like the, the underwriter's gone home. There's the sellers like there's nothing. That's family time. So, and I remember I used to laugh at agents years ago. It's called a voicemail. Remember, I didn't have a training that they taught them, right? <laughs> so I used to call a voicemail. They used to say, if you're calling after six o'clock, your call will be returned the next business day. You'd be like, sucker, get these deep. <laughs> that's, that's what I used to think. Now I'm the main person. Oh, 601. Oh, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Gotta be done, mom. <laughs> so now I respect that and understand. But had I been taught that 20 years ago, I could have had a lot more probably to say in a lot of things, a lot of situations back then. You know what I'm saying? And then time blocking. I didn't know what's a time block. You hustle 24 7. What you blocking? Right. So I see now how all those things are important, are very important. So as a new agent coming out of, you know, out of school with a license, you need to learn all though. You got to set up, set up your business properly. Because mine got wasn't always set up properly. Got you. So what would today's Nikki tell year 2000 Nikki to do in her real estate business that would save her a ton of time and headache? I would go back to education and training. Okay. I, would, I would, you know, you know, if you have the resources and you can afford to get a mentor, a coach, somebody has that has been through the fire. And I'm not saying somebody that, you know, wrote a book, been the game two years, you've been doing the heyday and, and you know, and you just wrote a book. I'm talking about somebody that's been through some things. You know, those are the numbers I'm talking about. Where you survived through some stuff and real estate has been your career. And, and you can shed some light and tell me some things what not to do. It's like going to a financial advisor. They set up your finances, let you know what to invest in, what to do. That's what you would need as a, as a real estate person. I think coming in, if you truly, if this is really your full-time career and this is your passion, because, you, you know, you got to remember some people get their license, you know, and say, this is my side hustle. I sell one or two houses a year, you know, and then you have the ones saying, this is what I want to do full time. That's totally different. Now, I'm speaking to those people. To those people, a real estate is going to be your full time career path, your career choice. Invest in the education, learn from other people, get your mentor, coach, both if you can, right? Um, pick your brokerage, pick your broker. Um, you know, you need to pick your broker, you know, kind of like um, you got to have somebody that's relatable, I guess. And everybody, you know, you relate to people all different. You know, like I may some agents may say I just don't relate to her. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they may relate better to this broker over here. Right. And that's OK. But you got to be with somebody that you feel like you can come to and say, hey, I don't understand this. Or how exactly does this work? Somebody's going to tell you that they made a boo-boo themselves and they fell down. Like I have no shame in saying that. What happened to me when the market shipped? You know, I didn't know. I didn't keep up. I lost. I had to start over. I was a total rebuild, a total mess. This is what I did wrong. And I don't want to do it again. So I'm sharing that with you so you can stay ahead. So you need somebody like that. I don't need you to sit behind the desk and you just sign off on the check. <laughs> I, I need you I need you to share me those war stories so I can know and be prepared and know how to fight my own war. Because this, and what say, this, you know, if this is not an easy career to be in, it's very rewardful. You know, you, you know, you could, you know, we all know it's provided a good life for all of us, but if I had to do it all over and I tell any new agent, invest in your training, your education and pick, pick your support system very wisely. 
Got you. Very wise. Do you currently attend any type of uh, trainings, conferences, or anything within the industry to network differently? You know, I love to network. And my networking is could be, a, you remember I mentioned earlier about um, going to events. And I have to say, and I was just telling somebody earlier, I need to switch that because honestly, with me being a brokerage and, and trying to grow my brokerage, right, and get to know other agents, I need to be at them events where the agent's at. That's why I need to be. You know, I'm telling my agent, well, it's probably, you probably won't be beneficial for you to go, but I need to be there so I can meet these other agents. You see? Right. Um. So depending upon what your goal is, right, whatever your goal is, you need to pick your networking functions, your groups, your associates. Another thing I tell my agent, too, now I say this, you know, we all heard this on TV, but I always say um, to my agents, try to become a part of a group or something that you you are that go-to person in a group, you know, um, and then try to feed off other people. I have my agents also, um, you know, if social media your thing or if it's a church thing, like, you know, once you get past that being told no and stepped on and and once that skin get tougher, you don't have any problem reaching out to people. I don't think nothing is wrong. You and I met through social media, right? Right. Right. Yep. I think we did some deals together and then through another agent, you see? So yep. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with me. If you see another agent that you that you say, you know what, he or she is doing their thing or whatever, there's nothing wrong to reach out to that person. One or two things going to happen. We're going back to the same thing. What are they going to say? Nope. No. <laughs> or they say, oh, what made you were reaching out? Yeah, no, that's, so I do this and this is what I work with. You never... But people are afraid to do that. I mean, you know, they say closed mouth don't get fed. I mean, sometimes the knowledge you learn from somebody else, that is worth a, a lot in, in dollars, you know? So you'll be surprised. I've learned a lot through other brokers and eight. I still do through brokers and eight. That's why I like to get out and network and meet with other people. I want to know how they run in their shop, what they doing, this and that. I ain't going to go to the lady across the street and ask her. She my competition like Chick-fil-A going to McDonald's or McDonald's going to Chick-fil-A. They really should ask them about their training, though, you know, but that's a whole nother story. So, but I'm just saying, <laughs> know who you need to ask and where you need to get your information from and try to network as much as you can. But with COVID going on, it's kind of hard, but put your mask on, get your cards, get out and meet and don't be that taker. I forgot about that, too. Don't be that agent out there sucking up info from people and you ain't got any gear. Come on, now, you got to throw a little something back. Now, somebody gave you the roadmap. Consider them and think about them when you hear of an opportunity or if you're working on something you think maybe it's a good idea that they could benefit from, you got it's a can't just be give, 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 you don't give them, you know. So yeah, gotcha. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I I I respect your time. I know you got some big things to do. Uh for anyone who's interested in getting in touch with you, learning more about your brokerage or getting some of that valuable information you have to offer us, how can they reach you? They can reach me on uh, my website, which is solutionfirstrealty.com, or you can go to joinsfr.com. I am on Instagram. My Instagram name is Nikki underscore your broker. And you can always just Google me, Nikki Crowder. I have a ton of reviews, a ton of stuff out in the internet world. And I'm very easy to find. And I don't know if I can say my number or not. But You can uh, say your number. Something you. So my number is 678-508-3878. I do answer my phone. So feel free to call me anytime. Awesome. Thanks, Nikki. This has been the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. And be sure to follow Kevin on Instagram at The People's Lender. We'll see you here next time on Real Estate Proverbs with Kevin Jefferson.